We're going to be talking about the AMP crisis and what can be done about it on this episode of Taking Off Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Taking Off Podcast. I'm Dan Milliken. And I'm Christy Wong. All right, Christy, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on here. We've talked about, we've had other episodes where we've talked about the A&P crisis. And specifically what I'm talking about is that that my, my A&P is retiring. And I'm having a lot of trouble finding um, people and places to, to get my plane worked on in general aviation. Yeah. And um, are you seeing the same thing with the Wong Warrior? Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a couple of AMPs that I have helped me with different things, just based on what I need. But yeah, AM, finding a good AMP in the area that's available is really hard, especially as I think about doing the avionics upgrades in the Warrior. Right. Um, that's kind of a struggle because the wait list right now is months and months out. Yes, it is. And, and you know, as I've talked to other plane owners around the country, it, it is a crisis. They are having trouble finding AMPs. So we are fortunate enough to have, I was able to uh, connect with James Spearman, who has his own mechanic shop in Knoxville, Tennessee. And James is a Air Force pilot flying the KC-130 as well as a lot of other things. James, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Dan and uh, Christy. Happy to be here. Um, I, I do fly that KC-135, the refueler. Oh, I, did I say 130? Oh, good. <laughs> I'm thinking of the AC-130, which is really cool, too. But, no, the KC-135 also is what I meant. Also an awesome plane. Yeah, so. All of them are good, right? You well, know? before we jump into the AMP side of things, because um, it's interesting to me, is first of all, that you're an AMP slash IA, but also you're a KC-135 pilot. Um Tell us about yourself, how you got into flying. Yeah, so um, my dad took me to uh, an air show uh, back when I was young, and uh, he always told me stories about my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was a World War II aviator, and he flew uh, B-25s and then the B-36 and the B-52s all the way uh, through Vietnam. And uh, so I heard stories about him. Uh, unfortunately, I never got to meet him, but saw the pictures of airplanes. And when my dad took me to a general aviation uh, fly-in in Orlando, um, that was uh, that was it. You know, I was in middle school, and I was like, you know, these things are pretty cool. I don't I don't know exactly how this is going to pan out, but it's airplanes are going to be involved. Well, how did you get it? How did you get into the Air Force? Did you uh, go to the Air Force Academy? Did you go through ROTC? What was your route? Yeah, so um, I uh, went to uh, Middle Tennessee State University, the, air, the aerospace uh, maintenance program there, similar to Purdue and uh, uh, Embry Riddle. Uh, they've got a similar program. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna uh, interrupt right you for a second. I think Chelsea Smith—that's where she went—and and she did the same program. Interesting. I, I know Chelsea went to a school in Tennessee that offered a maintenance air, airplane maintenance um, degree. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, that is familiar. Do you, do you know Chelsea from a Aviation One Hundred and One, Josh Flowers? Um, you know, I, that name's familiar. I I'm not sure exactly. Well, I'll, Maybe I'll have to connect you guys. I have to find out if it's Middle yeah. Tennessee State. Uh, but okay, sorry yeah, to interrupt. But, great, uh, but uh, so you were in the yeah, program, no Middle Tennessee State. 
Yep. And uh, I, at the right at the exact same time, I joined the Air Force National Guard, uh, enlisted as a mechanic. Um, and so uh, I was going to school to get my AMP and, uh, you know, serving uh, uh, the United States Air Force in a part-time capacity uh, as a mechanic. And so did that. Uh, deployed twice as a as a crew chief on the same aer- aircraft, the KC-135. And then I uh, got my degree and uh, kept scratching at the door. I knew I wanted to be an Air Force aviator, um, and that was really an excellent path to get there. And a shout-out to kids that want to be an Air Force uh, pilot. You know, there's a lot of uh, – pass to get there um, and that that really is a good one um, the air force really likes to have their pilots be mechanics as well uh, but but anyways um got my degree and kept scratching at the door and let them know that if they sent me to air force pilot training you know they'd have to drag me out of the cockpit kicking and screaming because i was going to make it no matter what um, and luckily for me i uh, made it so <laughs> what did you what did you start off flying in the air force uh t6 okay the Texan two. Yep. That's the Texan two. It's the, uh, you know, it's got a thousand horsepower, uh, PT six on the front of it, tandem aircraft. It's um, exactly so. what you want to learn. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing like lining up and, uh, you know, coming, I flew a lot of GA I already had my private pilot license before I went there, but they toss you, uh, in a, in a thousand horsepower, you know, two seater. Uh, it's, it's definitely awesome. <laughs> it's eye opening. What's it like flying the KC-135? The KC-135 is a true, I would say anyone that has flown that aircraft knows that that's a pilot's aircraft. Um, it is. It can definitely kick your butt. Um, on any given day, I've seen the best pilots that I've thought I've ever flown with. I mean, they just had a bad day. Uh, not like a bad day, an incident happened or something, but it really made them work to get an awesome landing or, or maintain, a, you know, uh, airspeed and altitude, stuff like that. And, and there's a lot of hand flying that goes with it, uh, including, um, you know, we'll go out and do shoot touch and goes, uh, in an airliner essentially. And then, and then we've got to fly up to altitude, refuel others, uh, other aircraft maintain, uh, you know, airspeed and altitude as, as, uh, you know, stable as we can for the receiver, um, you know, with autopilot off frequently. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, so what I find interesting you, is you, you go from uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no problem. Yeah, you're you're dealing with four engines to manage that are uh, not fit, non fadec controlled. So they are. Oh. Uh, they've got a mind of their own. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. Have to, you make them do it. No, yeah. that's that's really interesting. Um, and I was saying, like, what I find really interesting is how in the world did you go from that to owning a mechanic shop? <laughs> how do you go from KC one thirty five pilot to ah, I'm going to go open up my own shop? Yeah, I would say Air Force. Uh, I, I will say that I've always kind of had a entrepreneurial bug uh, about me. Kind of my my dad, my grandfather did too. But um, I always wanted to uh, give it a shot in whatever it was. Um, and I thought that Air Force pilot training um, really prepared me. Uh, great to be an Air Force pilot, but also to be a an entrepreneur. I mean, every day you walk in, dreams on you know your dreams on the line. And your friends around you are going home because they weren't good enough. And so um, I, I knew I wanted to do it. It's just the timing. And so um, I already had my AMP. And I'm, at this point, I'm just a professional junkie, aviation junkie. Um, so 
I, uh, I looked at a few other businesses um, that I, that were for sale, you know, one landscape and, and uh, you know, Froyo stuff like that. And I was like, you know, that just, I'll, I'll do it if that's my only options. But then uh, one of the shops uh, that I used to work for as an A&P, uh, the owner had, uh, you know, he was ready to retire. And, and uh, so I was like, let's do it. Let's see if we can make this happen. And uh, we purchased the shop and it was really just him. Uh, at the time uh, with a few helpers um, and uh, we've grown it to uh, you know at the time I think their their best year you know really was only only over a hundred thousand dollars and now we've got uh, you know eight full-time AMPs four of wow. us have IAs um, and over a hundred years of experience combined on the shop floor um, you know working on some of the best aircraft that we can find around. So. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the AMP shortage because I've actually looked at obtaining an AMP certification because I just find it really cool. Plus, I'd like to be able to work on my airplane, but it, I feel like it's actually more restrictive than getting a pilot certificate in a lot of ways. Um, it's it's definitely um, it's intensive. So it, it's just time intensive too. If, so I get some guy, some people will call and they'll, they'll say, Hey, you know, how, how can I do this? And oftentimes people try to go work as non, uh, an apprentice in a shop. But you, I mean, you have to be really committed to do that. You're, you're doing it for three years, uh, to, to even apply. I think it's 36 months. Don't go quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's 30 or 36 months. Um, you need to work under the direct supervision of, of another AMP um you know uh, to even ap apply to go take the test um if you do it with a with a tech school that's probably the quickest way and that takes two years and it's full uh, where time. you know you can, it's full time yeah full time i've looked where you can you can go to atp or other pilot schools and you know you can crank your pilot ratings out really fast right well not only can you crank out those ratings but like i remember um when I was learning to fly, I worked full time, but I, so I would fly before work, after work, on the weekends. And as an AMP, like if you want to get your certification, you can't necessarily do it like that. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I would say it's, it's difficult. And so right now, um, you know, going to Oshkosh, they're, they're beating it like a drum and, and same with Sun and Fun. They're talking about it at seminars. Uh, you know, there's a huge, um, you know, generation that's uh, where most of the, the knowledge is and they're retiring and there's, yeah. it takes a long time to replace them. And uh, there's just not, there's none in the pipeline or very little, little in the pipeline. And well, so that there we are, the shortage. Well, you, and you, you have eight in your shop. That's amazing. How, right. how did you, you know, attract and hold eight A&Ps at your, at your shop? Yeah. So luckily for me, um, when I was uh, going to school and serving as a crew chief, I was also working, uh, you know, I, I got my AMP and I started working in shops in my area and then uh, most notably Sears Aircraft. And I worked there um, while I was waiting to go to pilot training and, and met really awesome people. Um, and uh, so I had met a lot of people in the industry and when I opened my shop and we got some traction um you know, I was really able to uh, get a couple of those friends to come along. And then when, when you have a good reputation, and I would say this is in any business, if you've got, if the, 
if the employees are happy and they enjoy what they're doing, you know, they, they'll tell their friends and that, you know, hey, it's cool to work here. And for the most part now, it's almost kind of easy. I just, we're, we'll get a little bit behind and I'll say, does anybody know anyone? And they're like, oh yeah. Um, and so that, the culture definitely helps, but also um, this isn't three years ago, three, almost three to five years ago, I know some of the best mechanics I knew are making 25, 26 bucks an hour. Right. And that's just, that's just not the case anymore. And I would say old, you know, the old school mindset in, uh, in owners that own maintenance shops, that's, that's kind of where they're still, you know, like, well, mechanics grow on trees and we can find them anywhere. And we only, they're only worth 26 bucks an hour. It's like, okay, well, good luck. Um, so, I mean, nowadays you, you just to maintain and, and, and get guys, um, we've got, we have to offer great benefits. Um, we offer healthcare 401k, um, you know, great PTO plan. Um, and, uh, we're, we're paying as good or as better than anyone else can find, you know, at, I mean, right now. So, yeah, it's kind of like the, the pilot shortage, you know, you, your skill set becomes a real commodity. Like you, you are in high demand and they have to raise the bar, you know, for pay and, and everything else. Well, and I think that we're going to see as airplane owners, you know, if we haven't already, is that our maintenance cost is going to rise and increase. And I think that it it has to because we need to pay the mechanics more. I think that that's one of the solutions to the AMP shortage. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think... Nobody wants to hear that, but... <laughs> Nobody wants to hear it, but the, the issue is that the AMP mechanics are making less than, you know, the diesel, the Ford mechanic at the local shop. I mean, it's crazy. You're, you're right. Um, I've got, there's a local, well, there for a while, uh, mechanic shops were only, you know, 85 bucks an hour was the, a very common, uh, shop rate for decades. And then, you know, it's funny, there's a, there's a small engine repair down the road from me and they're charging 180 and they work on wow. weed, weed eaters. <laughs> wow. And then, and then you go to like Toyota and they're, they're at 210. And you've you got go all to, these plane uh, owners that are getting pissed off at having to pay $95 an hour. Yeah, it's it is that that relationship and and how you handle that is also right, you know going right. to be how, how many of those customers you retain. You you do have to do it with empathy because at, in some cases it is kind of a kind of a thankless job, right? When you right. pay me good money to inspect your plane, I better be doing a really really good job of going through that plane with a fine tooth comb so you know exactly where it is. Um, and, uh, when I do my best job, we typically find more things that's not forcing you to do all of them, but <laughs> you know, it's, Hey, you might have a squawk list that's significantly longer because, uh, the experience level, the guys in the shop and we're doing really, you know, we're really good maintenance. Um, so that, but you see how that can be construed. Well, you know. <laughs> you're just trying to get us for everything you can. It's like, well, no, 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 I'm not. You don't have to do everything on this. I'm just, I'm just showing you exactly where this plane is because you paid me money to look at it. And you know, we looked at it. <laughs> All right. Well, with eight mechanics on staff at your company, uh, I know that so many other places that I've looked into are just like Christy said earlier, you know, months and months, um, you know, backed up. Um, where are you guys at in that regard? We, 
Yeah, we're um, with eight mechanics, and we're open seven days a week. We typically oh, wow. have week to week. Nice. So, uh, uh, and that's that's part wow. of why I'm I'm going out and uh, you know going on podcasts, doing marketing. We market with uh, uh, Flying Magazine and and other other places mainly because they're uh, they stay on top of it. Wow. <laughs> you know, okay. I go out well, first. for you guys <laughs> listening to this podcast. You know, if you own a plane, you've you've felt the pain of trying to find a place. That's amazing that, that you can get in right now and get it looked at. So, wow, I, you know, I'd be surprised if you don't get calls. We we do have uh, customers flying in as as far as uh, South Florida, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Wyoming, and we're in East Tennessee. Wyoming, I never thought that would happen, but uh, they flew out and and if somebody does that, uh, we're going to help as much as we can with the logistics. Um, you know, McGee Tyson is, is the closest airport and we'd, we're happy to ferry, pe- you know, get people there or even closer, closer places in the Southeastern region. We'll ferry the plane ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm, um, in, so. I'm in North Texas. I'd have no problem flying my 210 out to East Tennessee for work. What about you, Christy and the Wong Warrior? Would you take that trip? Um, it depends on what the need was. <laughs> probably, well, yeah, no oil change. Probably You're not, not for an oil it. change, yeah. But if it was sub- substantial work and they were the only place that could get a, get me in, then yeah, absolutely. You'd take that trip for, in the right. Warrior? Yeah. Okay. I have flown the Warrior to like Ohio before, so, and Wisconsin uh, and all over the place. You were saying something, James? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and for right now, uh, for the most part, I'm I'm offering. Hey, you know, if you if you fly to us, uh, we'll get this plane done uh, in 14 days or less. Um, and then uh, under you know certain planes, uh, you know, we're 14 days or less, or we'll pay you. Is kind of where oh, our, wow. our our market is going. So do you guys do um, avionics as well, or just like engine and airframe? Uh, yeah, we do avionics. We're in. Uh, uh, Abidine, uh, Dynon, Aspen, and um, you know Electroair does the uh, electronic ignitions, but we're, we're those dealers. Um, and uh, did I say Aspen? Yeah, you did. Um, so which, which I we, very well could be doing a deal with Aspen. So maybe I need to bring Lola out to you for that. <laughs> yep. At least let me make that estimate for you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said electronic ignition. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so um, everyone has had probably, if you've owned an airplane, you've had trouble with uh, magnetos. And if you haven't yet, you probably will. And for the most part, that manifests right as you're rolling down uh, the taxiway and you do your run-up and one mag doesn't pass, right? And then you're, you're thinking and you're, and you're, you know, and you're getting home-itis. It's kind of like, man, you know, well, I've got two. And then you think about, well, what's the what's the report going to read? <laughs> and you're like, well, dang it. Okay. I can't take off with, with uh, just one bag. So you, you taxi back and, and hopefully that's not at somewhere you've never been. So magnetos are, are, are really fifties and sixties technology, <laughs> right. just like really the engine itself. Um, and what Electroair is doing is bringing the engine into the 21st century. Um, the, the, the magneto it's uh, unreliable and it's, it's, it has very low energy. And so um, a lot of engines have to have uh, top overhauls halfway through their life. 
frequently because the uh, you know the magnetos are not strong enough to give off a spark to burn the entire air fuel mixture inside the cylinder. And so the exhaust valve opens and it's still combusting as it leaves the chamber and it's leaving behind uh, deposits and carbon and lead. And uh, that that typically all those deposits will clog up your exhaust valve to cause low compressions or the or it'll cause uh, excessive uh, oil consumption because your your oil control rings begin to lock up due to the carbon and lead deposits. Um, and it's simply to the fact that the, the ignition system isn't strong enough to get rid of all of those all of those deposits. Electroair offers a um, you know it an electronic ignition that offers a a longer, hotter and more powerful spark that burns the entire air fuel mixture inside the combustion chamber. What this results in is higher performance um, that you can tell and feel in the seat, lower fuel consumption and less long-term overall maintenance because you're not having to send them off every 500 hours. Wow. Um, it'll last the length of the the, the engine, essentially TBO. And, it, so, and, um, it, and it's kinder on the engine. Um, okay, so for my Cessna 210, is that simply I fly out and you can put it in, or is there like an STC, a 337, or is it just I can put it in a certified? Yeah, it's a STC'd, and for the most part, they're, you know, they're um, on almost every engine that you can put in an airplane. So there's there, we haven't ran into any limitations on installing them. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, yeah, it, we can have them in in about a week. Um, so it, it is a little bit bigger of a job than just like taking off magnetos and putting it in. It's, uh, you're replacing it with not only the magneto, uh, but you have to install a computer that runs it, um, mm -hmm. coil packs like your car, um, and, uh, and a switch panel that will give you, um, you know, push button start from that on out. So it's, uh, it's a really neat, really neat, uh, you know, uh, system and it provides, uh, you know, easier to start in really all conditions. All right. Here's the uh, the big question, though, is how much does one of those systems cost? Yeah. So I, for the most part, it, it depends on each airframe. I would, I would recommend if somebody's interested uh, to reach out and, and I can build an estimate for them. Um, you know, you're, you're looking from the, the five to $10,000 range, to, which sounds a lot right off the tip of the tongue. Uh, but when you think about uh, a top overhaul that you could save. Oh yeah, right. All cylinders. Uh, it's significant. What um, fuel savings? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I wouldn't justify the whole, the whole install just based off of fuel savings. Uh, but I would say the long-term overall health of the engine is, is worth it. Um, and I'm fixing to, uh, we're fixing to release uh, another kind of email campaign and campaign showing a direct comparison of bore scope inspections of, hey, here's your cylinder without electroair, here's it with it. And you can see uh, before there's all these, you know, caked up lead along the top of the cylinder. And uh, after about 50 hours, it's gone. And it's a cleaned out cylinder, um, wow. which is so. Okay. Uh, James, if people do want to uh, reach out to you to, to get that estimate or to get some service scheduled, uh, what's the best way to to do that, to contact you? Yeah, they can go to our website at spearmanaircraft.com or uh, they can they can call our, our uh, direct line at 865-366-1449.
All right. Awesome. Okay. We'll definitely, um, and also for those watching on YouTube to the podcast, uh, we'll put a link in the description below. James, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us. Thank you. Um, it was really nice to meet both y'all, and I look forward to working with y'all in the future. Um, so if, you, if you'd like me to be on the show or anytime, just reach out. Oh, I appreciate sure. y'all very much. Sounds good. All right. So, and uh, thank you guys for watching and, and listening since this is a podcast. And thank you to our sponsors like Colton Mortgage, ColtonTakingOff.com for your residential mortgage need. Also, we have a new sponsor, Abington Watches. Christy's wearing the Amelia. Amelia. So, uh, Abington created these watches. Because she couldn't find an aviation watch for her. She's a pilot as well. We love our sponsors because they're like all pilots. And uh, like Marshall Protective Services, run by a pilot, MPSProtects.com, Z-Vision, the brightest landing in taxi lights. Guess what? Run, also a pilot. Also a pilot. 67 designs, the best camera mounts and iPhone mounts and tablets for your for your plane is run by? A pilot. He f actually flies a Cirrus. So. Oh, well. So a pilot, I, I want to make sure that's clear. And ClemensInsurance.net, Jerry has saved me a lot of money on my insurance. So check out ClemensInsurance.net. Uh, did I miss anybody? Flying Am Eyes. I, flying Eyes. Uh, use our discount code at FlyingEyesOptics.com. Our discount code is taking off. All caps, one word for 10% off. So thank you guys very much, Christy. It's always a pleasure to have you co-hosting this with me. As always. As always. We'll see you guys next time on the Taking Off Podcast. Oh,